0: bones and bobbins podcast is now on patreon oh would you like access to bonus episodes digital extras exclusive merch and more join us in the curiosity shop at patreon.com backslash bones and bobbins your generous support helps make
1: the show happen and will also earn you our very eternal gratitude and entry into our private Patreon-only Facebook group, where only the good people are. Yes,
0: and it's so much fun. Yes. Nice and chill. You get some crafty. You get some creepy. You get a little dialogue here and there. It's not super... There's no drama, which is... No. Unless you count me posting links of the live paranormal chick with a house full of dolls that are talking <laughs> in the middle there, of the- There are nope uh, <laughs> things
1: but they are generally agreed upon as oh my gosh this is a cursed image and now you have to see it because I had to see it.
0: Yes. So. Also known as this is horrible. Carry on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Look
1: this is, it's so bad. Oh my gosh. So anyway yeah facebook group patreon join us it's fun in a dusty old shop on a forgotten old street you'll find two witches with books three boxes deep next to rusty old needles and faded red thread you'll come in for yarn but leave with pigments instead whether poisons or patterns were always discreet, where creepy and crafty and morbidity meet. Welcome to the Bones and Bobbins Podcast. So, hello, Morbid Makers. We are your slightly
0: creepy, mildly disconcerting, somewhat sinister, delightfully discomposed, opaquely odd, merrily morbid marvelously misanthropic hosts and this is bones and bobbins season three episode six when the moon hits your eye just go with it
1: (laughs) i'm Haley from red handled scissors and the very serious crafts podcast
0: and i go by she and her i'm natalie from uber dark designs an official true crime creative and my pronouns are she and her Huzzah! Huzzah! Yeah. So, how are you doing? I am improving. I am not as stuffy. Um, I I'm gonna yawn now that I'm saying that I'm not as tired. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, trying to just juggle all the thi- all the things with all my offspring and
1: life yeah. and work
0: and. It's been a hefty, hefty week. Uh, Yeah, you've
1: had a lot going on for about a month straight at least.
0: I feel like I'm continually in survival mode, which is not good. Mm, (laughs) Not sustainable. No, Uh, but that's most of my life, so I should be used to it. But at the same time, my body's like, dude, we've been doing this long enough. Can you maybe just find like a chunk of time to chill the fuck out?
1: (laughs) well, I have a great idea for you to chill the fuck out, but yes. I'm not talking about it yet. Ooh, yeah. So I'm I'm vague podcasting. Yes, the step up from vague booking, perhaps. <laughs> um. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, there do are adventures afoot. But uh, how are you? you? Hmm? How are you? I. I'm deeply in love with Mercury Stardust. Yes! Um, and if listeners are unfamiliar, Mercury Stardust is the trans handy ma'am, and she's fucking amazing. So amazing. And local to me. Yes, she is Madison. local to you. Mm-hmm. I was... She
0: does a burlesque show.
1: Yeah. I, I was wondering, she's in Madison, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, Madison is a lovely town, good beer. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm just delighted by her every day, and there's a video that she posted on TikTok, and those of you who know her probably know her from TikTok, Mm -hmm. um, where a woman was really upset because someone had broken a chain lock on her door, yes. and I don't know what the context was it it seemed like something not fine yeah. um, and so Mercury Stardust was like, "Oh, here, let's make you feel safe again." and I learned a brand new thing that. I feel like people listening to creepy, crimey podcasts might want to know about. Yes. Um, It's called an Adalock, A-D-D-A-L-O-C-K. And I'll throw a link to Mercury Stardust's video uh, into the show notes because, honestly, you should just listen to her tell you about it Mm -hmm. or literally anything else um oh i didn't give this context mercury stardust is a maintenance person and Mm -hmm. has been for many years and so her whole thing is teaching people how to do maintenance related things themselves in a way that is not being an asshole yes um anyway so The Adalock video was really cool and basically brought to my attention an entire world of locks that you can add to insecure spaces that significantly, significantly improve safety and um, make it much harder to kick down doors. Like it, um, and affordable. Yeah, totally affordable. I'm getting
0: one for both offspring for graduation presents.
1: Oh yeah, I wish I had had one of these when I was in the dorms and when I moved out into my own apartment after um, leaving the dorms because I would have felt so much safer. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of. <laughs>
0: the timing. Oh, the timing. Also. That would be the
1: NYPD, in (laughs) case you were wondering.
0: She also did a 24-hour live recently where she, her goal was to raise $25,000 for, and I cannot remember, I want to say it's called Plume. I could be really wrong on that. Yeah, Um,
1: I think it is Plume. It's the uh, trans healthcare. Right. And. I I just opened a seltzer it's um, one of my in favorites. case anyone was wondering
0: what that <laughs> um but and yeah she ended up uh surpassing it and raising a hundred thousand um, dollars yeah so just amazing just an amazing individual and so did you see the follow-up where she talked the person through and they were having problems installing the item she yeah. <laughs> She went on live and talked her through it. It's just the sweetest, non-condescending way possible. Just.
1: Oh, she inspires the kind of confidence that... Um, there's a YouTube channel. Uh, I think it's called Ask a Dad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that is a dad making videos Oh, like about- how to
0: tie a tie and... Yeah, ab- yeah, about th-
1: um, things that often dads would teach you, um, and you might not have learned if you didn't happen to have a male role model around.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, I mean, this stuff isn't... The things he teaches aren't gendered things. They're just things that I certainly would have learned from my dad too, like changing tires, stuff like that, Um, and the wholesomeness of that and the wholesomeness of trans handyman are are really, really, um, they go hand in hand. So I will link to, like I said, her TikTok specifically when she talked about the Adelok and I'll also drop a link to the Ad-a-lock in into the show notes because they have more products than just that, mm-hmm. and they all seem to be um, no-impact, no-damage safety devices. Which and there's some appreciate. for, like, windows, mm-hmm. um, like home windows and stuff like that. So uh, it seems like a really... Really solid place to go for, I mean, you know, when when you can't afford to lose your deposit. Right. Um, but you need more security. So, anyway, I, I just love her. And she also has a Patreon, which I joined today. And apparently there's a podcast.
0: Oh. And
1: I am very excited to learn what that is. I did not have time to take a deep dive, but anyway, if you need to learn how to do something, she's great. Highly recommend. I don't know her at all. I (laughs) just think she's lovely.
0: (laughs) She really is. I second all of that. Yeah. And
1: also happy autism. Acceptance also seems weird to me. Um, Acceptance month. I... Acceptance is better than awareness, but I'm kind of down to celebrate um, as someone who is autistic. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. Happy Autism Celebration
0: Month. Yes.
1: And, um... Clearly, nobody asked me what to name the month, but nobody's asked autistic people largely about autistic things. Right. So, uh, if you happen to be wandering around the internet and come across something that looks really great from this place called Autism Speaks, tell them to fuck Fuck right off off with that. Mm -hmm. And then wander yourself on over to the Autistic Self Advocacy Network. Yes. I am not at all affiliated with them. It's just that they're not gross.
0: Yes, fuck their puzzle pieces.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I am not a puzzle. As it turns out, mm-hmm. I am You're a human being. Just me, and my brain works slightly differently, and that's honestly I wouldn't trade it. I really like being autistic, but um, yeah. So. All of those things now get off my soapbox. Uh, it's a good so... soapbox. Yeah, I mean, it's at least my soapboxes made more sense
0: <laughs> this week than they have in the recent
1: past. Hey, you know,
0: we're living in wild and crazy times. Oh, it's chaos. It is. So yeah. I think it's time to take a little break to thank all of our friends fantastic curiosity shop members over on the patreons and give a totally normal and not all creepy welcome back to kristen for coming on back hi kristen yay join us today you'll get a shout out too leave come back you'll still get a shout out why because we're fucking happy to have you yeah we love you (laughs) that
1: simple yeah it's come and go as you need And we will be delighted to see you again every time.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So all of you Patreon members, you, you, yes, you, are the best. And we would totally go explore hidden old graveyards in the woods with you, which is really saying something because I am for sure going to talk about (laughs) hidden gravy things in the woods at some point today i think actually during our patreon um so if you would like to follow that mystery yes you're gonna want to join
0: yep and not only will you get that episode and some surprises that we're still working on uh you'll get a (laughs) huge (laughs) every week we're still working listen it's life yeah You'll get a huge, huge backlog of Patreon-only episodes, including Did you next blacklog. I might have. <laughs> it's a backlog, though. I
1: mean, I just like it. It sounds so much more sinister. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: including next week, where we talk about uh, some maybe some moon superstitions. Maybe and some e- at least calypsies. one movie
1: calypsies. that scarred me for life <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah join us join us <laughs> yes come on you want to indeed
1: yeah so do you want to do you want me to tell you about <clears throat> oh no why? No. Why do I have to sound like a
0: frog? <clears throat> oh, Lord. Drink the fizzy. Drink the fizzy. <laughs> man, man without working on it. Ah. And I know from the bottle it's Trader Joe's. Is that their lime or their green apple? Lime. Yes. Tis yummy.
1: All right, carbonic acid. <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Uh, do you want me to tell you about the names of the moon? Yes. Specifically, the full moons. Yes.
0: All right. I like the moon. The moon's pretty good.
1: I like the moon too. I feel like I may as well tell you about its names before you tell me about how it fucks with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. It all seems
1: very reasonable. All right, so you might be wondering how the full moons got the names that everyone is calling them. Yes. You may have heard like the rose moon or the harvest moon or the blood moon Whoa. or any number of different names for different different full moons and thought to yourself huh what the fuck
0: <laughs> i often think huh what the fuck <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah me too about most things um, but i'm gonna tell you what the fuck yes yeah so it will probably not come as a surprise to anyone that colonial americans aka the people colonizing native american lands um so you know my ancestors for sure uh they borrowed (laughs) many of the names of the moons from the native american tribes that were around them and the borrowing wasn't necessarily sinister in, like, like, it could be way sketchier most of the time. It was just that that is what the moon was being called, and so they started calling it that, too. Ah. Um, And less, less problematic than many things that um, colonial Americans did. But, yeah, so... That won't be surprising. I was surprised to learn that naming the full moons itself is largely just a northern hemisphere thing. Um, really? Well, it's seasonal. Yeah. And so...
0: Well, it makes if sense. If you
1: were to flip it to the southern hemisphere, the seasons would reverse. And it just doesn't... Um. I'm sure that there are – well, I know that there are um, some traditions in, um, like, indigenous peoples in Australia and New Zealand, Mm -hmm. uh, but they aren't the thorough every month has a specific moon name. They're, I think, generally speaking, more – Related to dates that things are happening, as opposed to just giving that moon a name.
0: Gotcha.
1: All right. So, uh, what I'm going to tell you about is largely Northern American, or North American, and specifically Northern Hemisphere. So full moon names man (laughs) like i said most of them are english interpretations of native american names but there are also celtic anglo-saxon medieval english and pagan roots and many times they overlapped because they're about seasons yeah, so okay. um, it, it is accidental reinventing of the wheel across the Northern Hemisphere pretty frequently. Um, much of the initial research I did was found in the Farmer's Almanac, which is not a surprising place at all to find such things. Um, I also looked at National Geographic, um, space.com, a couple of UK museums, um, and then some specific Native American resources. And I do want to say that I did a bunch of research on how to pronounce different native people's names. And I also tried very hard to use preferred. Or the names that are preferred by the tribes or bands or nations that I'm talking about. But there's a lot of conflicting information. And so if I happen to say something wrong or get something wrong, I absolutely welcome an email or tweet or whatever with a correction and i will gladly make it because Absolutely. i am not an expert on this but i did add links to the show notes um in the further reading section with my sources um so you can see at least how i got to there <laughs>
0: <laughs> we always try to be as respectful and truthful as possible so i mean yep. yeah.
1: so uh yeah, if I if I fuck up, let me know, and I will fuck up less next time. <laughs> All right. So, January, weirdly enough, doesn't start off in Native American culture. It is called the wolf moon. Ah. And it is largely assumed to be either celtic or old english in origin and it is thought that colonizers to north america brought that name with them okay that and makes sense. um this it, it's apparently named that because people traditionally thought that wolves howled because they were hungry And January is a pretty bleak time as far as food stores are concerned. um, And one's ability to get additional fresh foods. So that seems to be where the name Wolf Moon came from. Um, The... Celtic people also called it the stay-at-home, or wait, the stay-home moon. Okay. <laughs> Which, fair enough, man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Don't exposure me, will twins. kill you. <laughs> yeah. It's a great idea to not. Um, and also quiet moon. And moon after Yule, because it's the, moon. the first full moon after Yule. <laughs> Um, Another name, uh, moving over to the Native American traditions, um, the... The Assiniboine people called it the center moon, Because it was in the middle of the winter season. Okay. Makes sense. Um, And the Cree language, or translations of the Cree language, often called it the cold moon or the frost exploding moon. (laughs) Um, And I mean, we've all heard. Like well, anybody who's lived in a place that gets snow has heard snow crackle, mm-hmm. like when the seasons are sort of in limbo and things melt and freeze um, within a day. That
0: the groan does,
1: yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, the Algonquin name was "freeze up moon." And uh, the Dakota had a few different names. Um, One was the Severe Moon. Another was the Hard Moon. And then further north um, in Canada and Alaska, the uh, Tlingit people in Alaska apparently called it the Canada Goose Moon. (laughs) I mean, obviously not in English, but, um, or the great moon or the greetings moon or the spirit moon. Um, and the spirit moon was, um, in the Ojibwe or Ojibwe language. Mm -hmm. So there are many, many, many different, different things to call the same moon but they all send more or less the same (laughs) message
0: it's cold stay home
1: (laughs) yep and so I was kind of careful about how I labeled the different moons in that first one but going forward I'm not going to clarify every time that the English translation of fill in the blank um, language was let. It, let's all just assume that that's what I mean, unless I say otherwise. Cool. Yeah. All right. So, February's full moon is the Snow Moon, and in the 1760s, Captain Jonathan Carver, who goodness was as problematic as you expect him to be <laughs> um of course yeah he spent a winter with the um uh Nadoesi, which is uh the group of the Dakota people that he stayed with um for a winter um, in I think 1766 and 1777 mm-hmm. that the winter that bridged those two and during that time he wrote a bunch of journals about the culture he observed and like the he was taken care of basically um, by the Dakota for the winter and so As far as, I have not read the journals, but it seems like they had a lot of, at least for the time period, decent cultural information, but also it was filtered through a random white dude who was (laughs) chilling in Minnesota and not dying Hmm. because of the largesse of a local group. Um so anyway February snow moon that is what the Dakota referred to the February full moon as specifically because more snow falls in that month than in other winter months which I honestly have no idea <laughs> if if that is true but
0: okay it's, um it's so weird cuz I know that I remember when I was little we would get monstrous amounts of snow. Oh like like just huge vast amounts of snow and uh and now not as I mean like it would be feet like oh yeah versus inches. We would get multiple feet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. And I mean I know that's true there are photos. And it used to be normal. But we should probably not wander down that particular pathway. Therein lies sorrow. Alright, so additional names for the February snow moon are um, the Bald Eagle Moon or the Eagle Moon, uh, as called by the Cree peoples. The... Ojibwe bear moon and the black bear moon if you were further north the Dakota sometimes called it the raccoon moon which Aww. is my favorite I love like, like, yes, me a trash please. panda yep um, and because of how um different nations and different tribes and different bands exist. There are different groups of people who are within the larger um, tribe or nation that are in different locations. Mm -hmm. So there are, like, sometimes these do not apply to all of the different peoples who might be under the umbrella. Um, Just... To be clear, um, the Algonquin peoples called it the Groundhog Moon, and the Haida named it the Goose Moon. Which I, I feel like we've got bears or geese, and neither one of them <laughs> do I want to run into by myself. Right. Mm-mm. Yeah. Do not do not fuck with a bear. No. Do not fuck. With the Canada Goose.
0: Yeah. There. Yeah. There's that. Uh, I'm trying to think. Our friends inherited uh, a group of geese that is not theirs. They just, they purchased this small homestead farm from, yeah. ironically, another friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> and the, the geese just live there. And they don't go anywhere. And, oh,
1: there's nothing you can do about it.
0: But they are, yeah, they're a little frightening. Uh, it can be a little, like, pretty aggressive um oh yeah but then there's me i'm like hi i want to hug you (laughs) they're like no no (laughs) Mm ma'am well
1: they'll just they just chase me yeah like they see me and they're like (laughs) (laughs) i'm taller than you (laughs) (laughs)
0: um
1: yeah they every once in a while depending on migration paths They decide to take up residence in Brooklyn Bridge Park for a nesting season, and more than once they have been moved physically by the uh, by the city because they have been too aggressive for a busy park. Um, And they aren't Brooklyn.
0: You got to chill. Yeah,
1: they aren't hurt. They're moved to Queens, I think. But
0: uh, (laughs) I'm sure Queens really loves that eh
1: whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's fine um Bro-ke's but yeah <laughs> they used to just do a standoff in the middle of the piers <laughs> when i was trying to run in the morning and i would be like listen <laughs> oh, i don't want to fuck with you don't fuck with me no, I, can hear I don't it. want your babies <laughs> 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 yeah anyway um yeah it was alas it wasn't at high noon it was at like high 6am <laughs> okay the Cherokee names might be my favorite um which are month of the bony moon oh. and the hungry moon mm-hmm. which are self-explanatory so that is february the snow moon march is super fun it's the worm moon because that's sexy (laughs) okay i guess spring but yeah uh this is another one that uh captain jonathan carver learned from his stay with the dakota in 1766 and 67 um yeah he wrote about it then he probably tried to steal a bunch of land and by probably i mean almost certainly tried to steal a bunch of land um but he wrote that the moon name refers to a different sort of worm than the worm that you're thinking um, but larvae, which emerge from the bark of trees,
0: mm, yum.
1: Which I, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but not what I'm picturing. Right. So you, them you a don't worm. see too many worms wriggling around in March. So
0: true, true, true.
1: Yeah, earthworms do not seem. The March ground's still is a frozen. Early. Yeah. Yeah so
0: um i was in a town last weekend we got snow like hallmark snow globe snow just oh, yeah. for like hours i was like it's april
1: <laughs> yeah and so i mean northern minnesota in 1766 i'm gonna go oh, ahead yeah. and just assume that the worms are not earthworms no. so the anglo-saxons also had a name for it and they called it the Lenten moon um, after the Germanic word for spring and the Celts called it the wind moon and the plow moon and then Old English got goth with it okay and was like nah we're gonna call it the death moon <laughs> or the chaste moon but death moon is funnier
0: Um,
1: funny yep and um many groups also named it much like the dakota and their tree larvae uh named it after things what reappeared during that time so um some cree groups called it the eagle moon um The northern Ojibwe called it the Crow Comes Back Moon because the crows came back. Um, And then this was also known as the Goose Moon for certain Algonquin and Cree peoples. So, uh, it's also known as the Sore Eyes Moon, and I... I think it's because of the reflection of the sun on the snow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean. um, so that is a, um, a Dakota, Lakota, and Assiniboine term for that. Um, and sometimes it was also called the sugar moon because it's when maple sap started to run.
0: Yes, it is.
1: Mm-hmm. April is the pink moon. Yeah. So the moon was apparently named because a like a very early spring ground cover plant called the um, creeping phlox. P-H-L-O-X, if you were wondering, um, was one of, like, the first visual signs of spring coming, and presumably it was pink. Uh, So, um, sometimes the... Algonquin called it the breaking ice move, and the... Dakota referred to it as the moon when the streams are again navigable, which makes complete sense. Um, Further north, it was sometimes known as the budding moon or the moon of plants and shrubs, which just makes me want to Monty Python it. (laughs) Um, Uh, The Lakota people sometimes called it moon when the ducks come back which i think is very
0: cute i like that one
1: yep and in a different location where i guess the sugar maples were really enthusiastic it was called the sugar maker moon okay and i assume that that is relating to sap i guess it could be relating to something entirely different
0: Mm. So that makes sense.
1: Yeah. You don't know, um, and sometimes it was the sucker moon because that's when you caught sucker fish ah. in certain parts of North America. So, just so you know, um, Anglo Saxons called it the egg moon. Okay. Be- I mean, I like fertility regrowth,
0: rebirth, I suppose. Yep,
1: and the. Celts called it the Budding Moon, the New Shoots Moon, the Seeds Moon, and the Growing Moon. So they were a little more direct with it. Yeah. Moving on to May. Um, the Full Flower Moon, which is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, the Algonquin and Ojibwe peoples generally referred to the the abundance of all of the flowers that existed um, as the flower moon. Um, it was also referred to as the budding moon, the leaf budding moon, the egg laying moon, the frog moon, the moon of the shedding peonies, or shedding ponies, not peonies. Oh, I, was Although, like I love but, peonies. <laughs> me too. I, 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 but I think that's probably more like August yeah (laughs) um anyway moon of the shedding ponies and the planting moon which seems yeah okay um so basically april and may nobody could decide which month got to be the month of fancy shiny new spring things so they didn't decide um the anglo-saxons called the may full moon the milk moon And the Celts and Old English called it the Mother's Moon, the Bright Moon, the Hair Moon, H-A-R-E, and the Grass Moon. Although I want it to be H-A-I-R because I want (laughs) to think they just had really excellent hair. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. June. I think June is one of those full moons that most people have heard of the name. Mm-hmm. Um, June is the full strawberry moon. Yep. And um, it was broadly known by many um, Native American peoples as some variety of berry moon because that's berries. when the berries were right. yep. um So... That makes a whole lot of sense. Um, There were also some groups, presumably further south, who called it the hot moon. Um, And the old English called it the flower moon and the planting moon because apparently they were doing things a little late.
0: I was going to (laughs) say.
1: I don't know. And the Celts were like, nah, man, we're gonna get drunk," and um, called it the Mead Moon.
0: Bless the Celts.
1: Or perhaps the Horse Moon, the Diane Moon, which I assume is a Dionysus reference.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, or Dionysus, not sees, not multiple Dionysus. <laughs> Just <fine>. Dionysai. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, they also called it the rose moon sometimes, but I first read it after reading mead moon as rose moon. Nice. <laughs> kind of like it better. Right. Yeah. Well, so July, July's got to waggle its dick a little. Oh boy. Um, so it is the full buck moon All right. because it's when the antlers of male deer come in.
0: Okay. Which Very Makes, makes a sense. whole
1: lot of sense. And this is another one of those things that uh old Captain Jonathan Carver noted in his journals during his travels. So eh. um in other areas it was called the feather molting moon or the salmon moon, um for obvious reasons. Yeah. And Um, some parts of the world where things were ripening a little later, it was, um, back to berry moons or, um, ripe corn moon or raspberry moon. Um, my favorite is the thunder moon.
0: (laughs) That is good. Um, Corn is Corn is usually later in the season, though. Like, it's only knee-high by 4th of July. That's, like, the rhyme I learned growing up. Almost oh, yeah. And, Maybe down uh, south well, it was there quicker. Was
1: an earlier one. Um, this is the Cherokee peoples. So mm. I think they might be a little further south. Um, but I would have to And they
0: would look absolutely know much better than I.
1: And say I feel like they... <laughs> a, and also, modern corn is not... That's the, the same, same as um, that as the grain that was corn at the time. True, true. Um, so it looks very different. I imagine it ripened in a different way. Who knows? Um, but the uh, Abenaki, uh, the western Abenaki, called it the Thunder Moon and um, it was also sometimes called the Halfway Summer Moon for obvious reasons. <laughs> The Anglo-Saxons were boring and called it the hay moon. (laughs) Because that's super fun. I mean, unless you're taking a role in the hay, I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The Celts, however, once again got a little freakier with it. Um, They called it the claiming moon. Um, I tried... To find an actual reasoning for what that. what we're claiming. <laughs> and I think that it is a largely, like, where um, spirituality and Earth sort of intersect. Okay. Sort of thing. Um, so it is a an idea, like a feeling that I can connect with, but it's not something that i feel educated enough to actually explain makes so sense. um they also sometimes called it the wart moon wart being plants mm-hmm. uh the herb moon and once again the mead moon because they were getting drunk
0: dude mead is tasty like I don't...
1: they had to have at least two months okay. at least Right, so moving on to August, which will make it very clear that a lot of these names come from North America, and specifically the Great Lakes area, because we have the full sturgeon moon. Oh, sturgeon bay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And sturgeon, if you are not from here, uh, are large fish. That are found usually in the Great Lakes and Lake Champlain, um, just the general Great Lakes area. Um, apparently they can be up to six feet long, fun fact.
0: Right? Can you imagine?
1: Those fish are so much taller than me. (laughs) Like, so much taller than me. Um... Yeah, anyway. So, uh, I like the Cree term, which is flying up moon, um, talking about fledgling birds, mm.
0: which is oh, cute. Yeah.
1: Um, the Algonquin and Ojibwe called it the corn moon, which makes more sense to me than the uh, previous month. Mm-hmm. But, again, not my area of expertise. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Um, And sometimes it was called the Harvest Moon, Um, and I will get into the complication of harvest moons in a second um <laughs> but anglo-saxons once again were boring they had hay moon last time now they're doing the grain moon
0: yeah that's it's lame hmm? like not the Celts. like no, no effort no effort put into that no
1: no no the celts however got saucy God, love the celts. and it is the dispute moon all right or the lynx moon and I wonder if it was just because it was hot and people were cranky. Because August is
0: fucking miserable. Seriously.
1: Yeah. Um, the old English term was either corn moon or lightning moon, which I think is cool. And also, yup, it's pretty stormy. It is. Yep. Um, now, September is the actual widely known corn moon. Um, So, generally speaking, unless you're talking about specific peoples during a specific time period, September is the corn moon. Um, But it can also be known as the autumn moon, the falling leaves moon, the leaves turning moon, the moon of brown leaves, uh, and yellow leaf moon. And those are... Um, From the Cree peoples, the Ojibwe, the Anishinaabe, and the Lakota peoples. Um, And all of those are are correct, I think. Um, Further north, they refer to it as the Child Moon because that was the time when... The season's young animals were weaned
0: Aww.
1: yep um, it's also known as the mating moon or the rutting moon because the things what get horny in the fall <laughs> <laughs> let's get it on yep so uh, Anglo-Saxons went with the rest of the group and were all about that harvest moon now The Celts got real drunk. (laughs) So the Celts in Old English were like, no, 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 no. Wine moon, song moon, barley moon. Yeah. Because that shit ferments and then we got to sing about it. Yeah. And I am with them. Yes. Completely. Well done. All right. So Harvest Moon um harvest moons are either the full moon of september or october so it will either be the harvest corn moon or the harvest hunter's moon um and hunter's moon is october it's the full moon that's closest to the september equinox um so it's usually in september but it falls in october every three years okay because time moons
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) time and moons and things
1: yep all right october hunter's moon time to kill the things (laughs) say the anglo-saxons that is yet another anglo-saxon um origin story that we did all on our own Mm -hmm. um and the migrating moon is, I think, my favorite of the North American peoples at the time. Because that makes sense. Birds are flying south. Yep. Um, so the Celts were a little chiller. Maybe they were hungover. Um, <laughs> and called it the seed fall moon. And then modern pagans of which I am one so I can make this face that I'm making <laughs> um call it the sanguine moon mm. or the blood moon which I think is just to be metal
0: yeah
1: i because it's october it's the full yeah. moon i i can't i mean i know that there are actual reasons and i could talk about them, but let's be honest. Yeah, it's a
0: bit of a stretch.
1: Yeah, November.
0: Can you guess what November is? Oh, uh, I hope it's not something gross to do with Thanksgiving. It's well, no, it's not. Um, it's a see. creature. It's a. Oh, it's a creature, but that be deer because they're hunted in. And... <laughs> no. Nope. Beaver. November is the full beaver moon. Full beaver. (laughs) We're going full beaver. It's so cold. (laughs) I know. I know.
1: See, also, we're 12. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, the full beaver moon. All right. That would be November. And honestly, that's, I'm just going to leave it at at that. That's the only one that I... (laughs) I am going to say, at least as far as North America is concerned, the Celts, like, we thought the Pagans got a little metal with it. Yeah. The Celts got super metal oh with November. And it is referred to as the Morning Moon, M-O-U-R-N, oh. and the Darkest Depths Moon. <laughs> Yeah, so bad. So <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. December is pretty on the nose. December is the full cold moon. Yep. Yep. Because it's cold. It
0: is. It is. It is.
1: Yep. Um, and there are many different varieties of that shit's cold. <laughs> From many different varieties of peoples. Um, The long night moon is one I especially like. And the midwinter moon, um, due to its closeness to the December solstice, is also one of those. Um, The Anglo-Saxons brilliantly called it moon before yule um, (laughs) or the long night moon which again i like um and that is obviously the december solstice and the celts called it the oak moon or the full cold moon just like everybody else um i assume the oak moon has something to do with um, the mythology around the uh, the old or the Green Man, and yeah, I'm I'm not gonna dig myself into that. <laughs> um, but I I think that that is probably the case. Um, the paganness in turning of the seasons.
0: Okay. So, do you know what a blue moon is? I know it happens once in a blue moon. Um, actually, is that the is that when there's a second full moon in the same month?
1: Yeah okay. Um, so it's when there are two full moons in one month and some sources say it is the 13th full moon in a year, but a blue moon can happen at any point in the year. It is not the last one in the group although i honestly really like calling it the 13th full moon in a year it's not accurate but whatever it's fine (laughs) um so we had one last year yes um and the we don't have one in 2022 and they're not uh we're not gonna have another until august of 2023 Hmm. Yep. Do you know what a blood moon is? When it is not being goth.
0: I don't think I do. Like I probably do, but right now my brain's not registering as knowing.
1: <laughs> nope. Um, blood moons are any full moon
0: mm-hmm.
1: that so you can tack blood onto any of the names just pick a name like a bloody tap blood blood to it um and that is when a total lunar eclipse happens yes. during that full moon so um you could that's get,
0: extra metal
1: like totally um all I'm saying is the full blood beaver moon yes <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I am here for that I am here for it
1: so that's moons.
0: that's moons
1: that is an awkward meandering through the many 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 different but very similar origin
0: stories of those names those are good stories i like them i like them a lot Um yeah. oh. i'm gonna talk a little moon versus man or woman or nb moon versus human being um so for years i worked in mental health care (laughs) and i made sure that every facility that i oversaw had the full moon marked on the calendars like their Mm -hmm. calendars had to have it on there in fact i'm willing to bet that I'm going to say 99% of the people listening to this episode have at some time in their life uttered some variants of, oof, must be a full moon out there.
1: Some, I mean, that is a very Midwestern variant <laughs> of mean... it. Um, oof, <laughs> must be a full moon. <laughs>
0: uh, some call it hokey. But, yeah. uh, others remind us that the moon has a huge effect on the tides. And us tiny humans are made up of, like, 60% water, so why wouldn't it have effect on us? So, Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, ask any cop, they will tell you that crime rates go up massively. Right. And by massively, I just mean
0: noticeably um, on full moons. So who's right? Let's get into it. Uh, For millennia, humans have relied on the moon for all sorts of things. And there's two pretty solid reasons behind it. Number one, it's predictably cyclical in nature. And number two, it's large and rather mysterious. Uh, The idea that the lunar cycle can influence people's behavior dates back thousands of years. One of the oldest objects in the 2019 The Moon exhibition at the National Maritime Museum was a Mesopotamian tablet from 172 BCE. Cool. The tablet actually described how to ward off the evil effects of a lunar eclipse, which were believed to threaten the lives of the king. In ancient Greece and Rome, I believe we talked about this season one of it, Uh, girls were given crescent-shaped amulets on their birthday to protect them from evil spirits, and women also wore them to improve fertility and for protection during childbirth. Cool. Greek philosopher Aristotle and Mormon historian Pliny the Elder. (laughs) Mormon historian. Mormon (laughs) historian. I'm a little tired. Roman historian Pliny the Elder. (laughs) Oh, Roman, not Mormon. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> I heard so many things <laughs> wrong. Suggested that the brain was the quote moistest organ in the body and thereby more susceptible to the pernicious influences of the moon, which triggers the tides. Gross. Kids today, kids grosser. Uh, considering our brains are roughly seventy three percent water, they're not that far off. Fun tip. I have seen at least four different estimates regarding the percentage of water that our brains hold, like are made up of, and some listed as high as 80 to 85%. Um, either way, a lot of water going on. Um, the Roman goddess of the moon bears the name Luna, and it is the root of lunacy, which the medieval disability glossary Which is a thing, right? Right? What? (laughs) (laughs) Defines as moonsick. Yeah, I linked it. Don't worry. You have any questions regarding medieval disabilities, I found the frickin' glossary for that.
1: I am so fucking excited.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Belief in the lunar lunacy effect, or, which I had not heard it called... The Transylvania effect, as it is sometimes called, <laughs> persisted <laughs> in Europe through the Middle Ages when humans were wildly rumored to transmogrify into werewolves or vampires during a full moon. My daughter is home and just scared the shit out of me in the doorway. Oh my <laughs> lord. Hi! Hi! <laughs> Way to, like, not turn a light on. Literally! scared the shit out of me because I walked in and you were talking to somebody. But then I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to interrupt the recording, so I am just going to peek my head in and be like, you hello. You literally sneak socked in with your fucking flashlight! <laughs> I was trying to, sorry. I totally, all right, I'm just going to take it back a little bit. Ooh, I'm awake. <laughs> belief in You're not going to put your scream? Belief in the lunar lunacy effect, or the Transylvania effect, <laughs> as it is sometimes called.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: persisted in Europe through the Middle Ages when humans were wildly rumored to transmogrify into werewolves or vampires during a full moon, which I was not aware was such a huge issue. Um, if you want to hear more about that, next episode. Um, even our buddy Shakespeare notes its effect in Othello, which I will spare you by not reading it because mm-hmm. it's, yeah. So by the 16th century, uh, tracking the moon's position had had according to Louise DeVoy, curator of the Royal Observatory Greenwich, became an essential part of medicine. Um, I included a chart in the show notes that shows one way in which physicians would determine how the moon affects their their patients. They... And this is a quote. Uh, they used the black spokes on these rotating paper discs to keep track of the moon's position, Devoy explains. The waxing phases of the moon were thought to enhance the benefits of bloodletting. In contrast, the full moon was thought to intensify a patient's fever. Similarly, apothecaries created herbal remedies using watery plants that were thought to be influenced by the moon. In 1708, physician Richard Mead. Uh, who I'm just not liking because he uses words I don't like, um, published the oh-so-catchily titled A Discourse Concerning the Action of the Sun and the Moon on Animal Bodies and the Influence Which This May Have in Many Diseases. Great for a card catalog. Right, right, right. Uh, so, taking inspiration from Newton's theories, Mead proposed that the gravitational pull of the moon affects fluids within the human body, aggravating conditions such as epilepsy and kidney stones, as well as menstrual cycles. Oh. Be ready to want to punch him. A quote, Everyone knows how great a share the moon has in forwarding those evacuations of the weaker sex, which have their name from the constant regularity they keep in their returns, he claimed, adding that the moon's effects on these... yeah. And then he uses the word that the weaker sex that bleeds. Right. And motherfucker. Then, and still gets shit done. Uh, mm-hmm. Adding that the moon's effect on these, quote, monthly secretions, oh, I hate the word. I hate that <laughs> word so <laughs> much, <laughs> was more pronounced nearer the equator. Quote, it is very observable that in countries nearest the equator, where we have proved the lunar action to be the strongest, these monthly secretions are in much greater quantity than in those near the poles, where the force is the weakest. What?
1: In, I, in quantity, my good man. Right. Like, how did you?
0: I want to know how you track that shit. Like, you that just... is what I too want to know. So, uh, surprisingly, there is no there is no scientific evidence to support Mead's eighteenth century theories. The ideas that lunar and menstrual cycles can somehow be synced has persisted. Yet all of this is largely dismissed by modern medicine, which I find fascinatingly weird, considering I've found study after study after study of actual effects on the frickin body during or around the full moon, and yet it's still largely presented as a myth. Um. Mm. In an effort to keep this from getting too long, uh, I'm going to focus today specifically on the medical correlations. Uh, Again, if you want to hear some of that Transylvania effect fun, that will be in next week's Patreon episode. So let's talk the naysayers. The takedown of this series sits pretty much on a tripod. So the first up is the gravitational effects. Studies seem to show that the gravitational effects of the moon are far too minuscule to generate any meaningful effects on brain activity or behavior. According to the late astronomer George Abel of the University of California, Los Angeles in 1979, a mosquito sitting on our arm exerts a more powerful gravitational pull on us than the moon does. Which is yet another reason to dislike mosquitoes. And I also feel compelled to note that George had some pretty amazing facial hair going on and was <laughs> pretty fucking stylish. Sweet. It, yes. Uh, second, the moon's gravitational force only affects open bodies of water like lakes and oceans, but not contained sources of water. And uh, our brains are pretty much contained. <laughs> Um, third the gravitational effect of the moon Is just as potent during new moons When the moon is invisible to us As it is during full moons mm-hmm. And I hear all of this I truly do But what my brain reads Is so it's not gravitational It doesn't mean there's not some other Correlation and I'm sticking to that So Let's step it back to periods In hmm. Uh in 2016, a period tracker app called Clue analyzed data from over oh, one. Okay, hey, I use that. Well, they analyzed the data from almost from over 1.5 million of its users in order to determine whether there could be a correlation between lunar phases and the menstrual cycle, and they claim that the study found no link. Looking at the data, we saw that period start dates fall randomly throughout the month, regardless of the lunar phase, concluded data scientists. Dr. Marija Vlajic-Wheeler. Scientists also claim there's no definitive proof that women's cycles sync with each other, but most women <laughs> will absolutely have a story of theirs or their friends' syncing. As oh, dear God, I pulled an entire floor We <laughs> in my dorm. We have three. Three mm-hmm. in our household. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> it happens. Uh, so... Let's talk some studies that had results, including the full moon, uh, having an effect. According to a paper from Current, Current, Current Urology, published <laughs> online January twenty fifth, 2008, the influence of the full moon remains a common explanation for a wide range of events from death to violence in psychiatric setting. Research has failed to show an association with psychiatric disorders, suicide, and self-poisoning or accidents. However, an increase in unintentional poisoning, absenteeism, and aggression has been reported. Our study assessed whether the gravitational pull of the moon generated a tidal wave of increased emergency urological admissions. Uh, just in c- case you're not aware, <laughs> urological uh, covers, primarily urinary tract, can get into some reproductive organs. Um, so... Patients and methods. I will, the data was obtained from the hospital centralized emergency database for a two year period of patients who presented as urological emergencies. We assessed daily patterns in emergency room attendees for age, sex, and disease against the lunar cycle and other weekdays. Uh, The result was, uh, involves 3,547 patients, uh, 2,057 of them men, 1,490 of them women. Uh, I will save you all of the super medical speak, uh, but the bottom line was that the conclusion was emergency urological admissions were indeed higher on full moon days. The new moon had a calming effect and had less admissions on those days. These trends, though not like significant, do show a possible influence of the lunar cycle on urological admissions. Yeah, that's In a debate. pretty small sample size, but it's interesting. Right, exactly. Uh, blood pressure and heart rate. In 2013, uh, a study on male university students, researchers measured the effects of the changing lunar cycles on the participants' cardiovascular systems. They found that The blood pressure dropped during new moon and full moon phases. Students also took a step test. Their heart rate and blood pressure were both lower during the full and new moons. Plus, their heart rates returned to normal levels more quickly during full and new moons. In this study, researchers concluded that humans were more physically efficient during full and new moons, However, this finding does conflict a bit with some other research, including a 2020 study on male athletes that found no significant difference in athletic performance during lunar phases. Hmm. Again, I'm sure there's like a ton of different factors that go into this. Um, But what about sleep? It's cool, though. It is. So compelling evidence suggests that lunar cycles may compromise sleep with the full moon phase being the most disruptive. Uh-huh. One sleep study, and I am telling you, when you look at the show notes, I have read more papers from the National Medical. <laughs> Just, there's tons tons and tons of studies there. So uh, one sleep study analysis found that the full moon was associated with worse sleep using several metrics. So during the lunar phase, participants took five minutes longer to fall asleep, slept for 20 minutes less, took longer to reach REM sleep and experienced a 30% reduction in deep sleep and reported reduced sleep quality. And confirmed. Right? Another study found that a total sleep time during the full moon was reduced by 25 minutes while arousals and awakenings increased. However, participants in the study took longer to reach REM during the new moon, contradicting prior research a little bit. Uh, A third analysis reviewed... Data from 319 people undergoing a one night sleep study and those observed during a full moon had lower sleep efficiency, less deep sleep and delayed time reaching REM sleep. Uh, Hmm. In perhaps the most extensive study on the topic, researchers analyzed sleep patterns in three indigenous Argentinian communities and 464 American college students living in a major city. Why they picked those populations to compare, I'm not entirely certain. Uh, regardless of location and amount of artificial light exposure, all groups fell asleep later and slept for less time in the week preceding the full moon. So mm-hmm. vastly different areas. Sleep is vitally important to, uh, to the function, and it plays like a, a, like a, an often just very underrated role in overall health and well-being, uh, especially when it comes to mental health and us human mm-hmm. beings. Um, I think people tend to not realize that that sleep is when our body rests and repairs and does the things it needs to do. And right. when we cut that short, it can't do it. Um, Talking, okay. Thomas Ware, uh, an emeritus professor of psychiatry at the National Institute of Mental Health in Bethesda published a paper describing 17 patients with rapid cycling bipolar disorder now this is the form of uh of bipolar where the people switch between depression and mania much more quickly than usual yes i have the other kind and they
1: showed a lot less dramatic
0: yes this is this this one fascinated me this is my favorite uh Uh, They showed an uncanny regularity in the episodes of their illnesses. Hmm. Quote, the thing that struck me about the cycles was that they seemed uncannily precise in a way that one would not necessarily expect of a biological process as where it led me to wonder if there was some kind of external influence that was operating on these cycles and because of the historical belief that the moon affects human behavior, the obvious thing to consider was whether or not there was some lunar influence. Remember that slight conflicts in that sleep study that I mentioned before? Mm-hmm. Um, well, Vlad Vladislav Vyazvitsky, a University of Oxford sleep researcher, states that neither study monitored Monitor individual patients sleep over an entire lunar month or many months. The only way to approach this is systemically would be to record the very same individual over time and continuously over different phases. He has, and that's right. exactly what we did with his study of his bipolar patients was, um, I mean, in some cases he tracked the dates of their moods, uh, and episode changes for years. Hmm. Because people differently and how they respond to these lunar cycles, even if you were to average together all the data I've collected, I'm not sure you would find anything, says Weir. The only way to find anything is to look at each person individually over time and then the patterns pop out. When he did this, Weir found that his patients fell into one of two categories. Some people's mood swings appeared to follow a 14.8 day cycle and others a 13.7 day cycle although some of them did occasionally switch between these cycles. Huh. So remember how we discontinued the moon's gravitational pull? Yeah. Well, it creates the ocean tides that rise and fall every 12.4 hours. The height of those tides also follows a roughly two-week cycle. The Mm. 14.8-day spring neap cycle which is driven by the combined pull of the moon and sun, and the 13.7-day declination cycle, which is driven by the moon's position relative to the equator. Hot damn. Right? It's these roughly two-week cycles in the height of the tides that worse patients appear to synchronize with. It's not that they necessarily switch into depression or mania every 13.7 or 14.8 days. It's just that if that switch from depression to mania occurs, it doesn't happen at just any old time. It occurs Mm. during a certain phase of the lunar tidal cycle. That's
1: interesting. I should start tracking. Mine doesn't switch very often, but... um,
0: It's incredibly hmm. fascinating. If you've ever known somebody with the rapid cycling bipolar like that, it's... It just, my mind was blown when I got a little too excited when I was reading this. (laughs) Further evidence for the moon's influence on these patients' uh, moods comes from the discovery that every 206 days, these otherwise regular rhythms appear to be interrupted by another lunar cycle, the one responsible for creating supermoons when the moon's elliptical or oval shaped orbit brings it particularly close to the Earth.
1: Oh, I forgot to add super moons into mine, so I'm glad that you did.
0: You know, look at that—just getting
1: each other's yeah, back. Got lit. my back, mm-hmm. <laughs> always. Uh, oh my goodness! Did you just hear Biggie? No, <laughs> he's sleeping, and he just went. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Anne where's Justice, who's a chronobiologist at the Psychiatric Hospital of the University of Basel, Switzerland. Describes Wurr's data on this relationship between lunar and manic depressive cycle as believable but complex. One, one has no idea what the mechanisms are, she asks. Supporting the idea that the moon might somehow be affecting patient sleep, Wurr has found that as the days progress, their wake time moves steadily later, while their sleep time remains the same meaning that the amount of time they sleep for grows longer and longer until it abruptly shortens again. This Hmm. so-called phase jump is often related then to the onset of mania. Work considers moonlight itself to be an unlikely candidate. In a modern world, there's so much light pollution and we spend so much time indoors exposed to artificial light that the signals of the changing levels of moonlight has been obscured, he explains. Rather, he suspects that some other aspect of lunar influence is altering his patient's sleep, with consequences then for their mood, with the most likely candidate being the moon's gravitational pull. Oh, that's interesting. One idea is that it triggers subtle fluctuations in the Earth's magnetic field to which some people might be sensitive. Mm. The oceans are electrically conducting because they're made of salty Water and as they flow around With the tides that has a magnetic field Associated with it, Robert Wicks A space weather expert at University of College London said Yet the effect is Tiny and whether the moon's effect on the Earth's magnetic field is strong enough to induce Biological changes is unclear So far. There are absolutely Studies though that have linked solar Activity to increase in heart attacks And strokes, epileptic fits um, and there have been uh, also an increase of schizophrenia and, and suicides when hmm. solar flares or coronal mass ejections hit the Earth's magnetic field. This induces invisible electric currents strong enough to knock up power grids, and which some have suggested may also affect electrically sensitive cells in your heart and your brain. I mean, you
1: are in fact an electric. An electricity-generating
0: machine. Exactly. Makes a lot of sense. The problem is not that it's not possible that these things may happen. It's that the research into it is very limited, so it's very hard to say anything definitive, Wicks explains. Mm. The significance of these changes remains unclear, and it may be an irrelevant byproduct of evolution, or magnetic changes in our environment may subtly be tweaking our brain chemistry in ways that we're not aware of. The magnetic theory, though, is is super appealing to wear because over the past decade, various studies have hinted that in certain organisms such as fruit flies, a protein called cryptochrome may also function as a magnetic sensor. Cryptochrome is a key component of the molecular clocks that drive the 24-hour circadian rhythms in our cells and tissues, including the brain. Hmm. There's so so much more in the effects that the moon has on nature. Uh, I could go a deep dive on just how it affects animals and so much more. But I'm going to wrap it up with my insertion that the moon does absolutely affect us. And we may never be able to pin down exactly how it does. Whether it's one specific thing or a series of things that link to each other, but I am absolutely here for it, albeit a bit cross eyed after reading all those medical papers. Um, <laughs> but with the, uh, I mean, if it affects animals, we, we are animals. We're yep. mammals. So, yeah, my theory is the moon does affect us because I've seen it far too much. I think that the proper studies have not been done yet to. maybe back it up
1: you know it's interesting that um blood pressure goes down on a full moon but the instances of crime are do actually increase i was just listening to a podcast that was talking about the actual numbers of that um yesterday i can't remember which one it was but um That's interesting to me. I would expect blood pressure to rise when crime rises, if it's related to the full moon. Right? Man, bodies are complicated.
0: Bodies are amazing complicated. So complicated. Huh. So, you know what? Yeah. That brings us to <gasps> the, the weekly, weekly worst, way worst way to die. To die. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, how do you not want to die this week? So after reading about all the water content in each of our body parts, I'm going with dehydration. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> oh, God. Yes. <laughs> Just... I, I think dehydration probably wins. Pretty much everything except for excruciatingly slow exsanguination. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah. Well, mine just cannot hold a candle to yours. Um. Which is, Death Moon. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Metal hands thrown up the horns. Too much metal for one hand. So. Oh (laughs) my goodness. I have just been. (laughs) walloped by the sheer amount of metal oh my gosh
0: (laughs) on that Uh, note do you want to be spooky internet friends gosh i hope so right uh you can find us on all of the social medias the instagrams the facebook's the twitter's at bones and bobbins or you can just scoot on over to bonesandbobbins.com it's true. I, I'm not on the right page. <laughs> um,
1: no one is surprised by that. Uh, okay, now I am. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast because it pleases the internet gremlins. And that's how we show up in recommendations so that other morbid souls can find us. Bring forth the morbid souls. All of them. <laughs> Just right in the line. Yes. Just going to check them off. Put them in a
0: database. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And on that note, let us leave you with some advice that you should never forget. Lock your doors. And don't run with scissors. (laughs) Especially during a full moon.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to run with scissors, when visibility is better because the moon is oh, full true, true. might actually be safer? I don't know. I'm going to sure. have to get back to you on that. Valid. Yeah.
0: Each episode of the Bones and Bobbins podcast is written and researched by Haley Pearson Cox and Natalie Hoyce. Our music was composed by Loyalty Freak Music. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Bones and Bobbins. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts follow us on Spotify, or check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts so you won't miss a minute of our strange and creepy content.